Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Perry. And this is our podcast, P.S. We, we have, have orders. orders. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to P.S. We Have Orders. How are you today, Perry? I'm pretty good. It is a weekend today, and it was sunny out, and I pretty much laid on my hammock for seven hours and finished reading a book that my neighbor lent me about a year ago, uh, and I got a sunburn, and it was perfect. I put out the puppy pool for Murphy, and he splashed around in it, and it was precious. So, yeah. How about you? How's your day going so far? So far, so good. I just kind of woke up a little while ago. Um, I had a rough night. I was doing good until about four o'clock. I woke up and then it turned into like an hour and a half for me to like not be able to fall back asleep. And then I decided to like, I'm like, oh, I'll go, I'll go lay on like the couch. Cause then if I'm tossing and turning or if I decide to like give up on trying to fall back asleep, I can just play on my phone and watch videos without waking up my husband. And I start getting finally cozy back asleep. And of course one cat comes in. And Winery can't be a normal cat and just curl up next to me like she always says. She decided that she must burrow under the blankets and then roll across my stomach. So she's like laying long ways across my stomach slash chest and just snuggling. Like she's like, I must lay here now. So, um, yeah, this is, by the way, um, part two of our PCS. I guess the first time we've ever done a two-parter. So this is the second part. Remind you, this is not going to be a topic that we'll never pick up again. So if we ever yeah. end up getting more tidbits, more information on, or even up-to-date things, because we know currently with the shape of the world, PCSing is changing, mm -hmm. and things might change again. Who knows? I mean, you know, tomorrow's not yeah. promised to anybody. So things constantly change. So this is just kind of the information we've gathered over the years, things we've seen, things we deal with. Yeah. And today, so. last, our last episode was kind of like a broad touch on everything, and today we're really focusing on two things which is shipping cars and shipping pets because I know that those two things can be like a huge stressor that literally nobody but us ever has to deal with. So that's what our main focus is going to be is just those two things because um, there's a lot of information out there. Some of it's right, some of it's wrong. Right, exactly. In preparation of for this episode, I actually joined a military PCS with pets page on Facebook and I had... So much great information. So I would like to stress to you, if you're moving soon or you know you're going to be moving soon, join one of those pages because they have, like, endless information. So that's all I want to say about that. I think we're going to kick this off with cars. Remind you, these are information we've pulled over the years. This is just some of the information we've dealt with per firsthand. So yeah. if our experience is different than yours, that's a-okay because that's I guess that's what makes PCSing unique is every single time it's a whole new game. It's a whole new it's a new monster. beast every time. Exactly. So if you have a different experience, feel free to let us know. Negative, positive, somewhere in between. You can always comment on our Instagram. You can send us a DM if you don't want to be out there with it with starting off with cars the way i broke it down because it's just how my mind works is you have a couple different options when it comes to dealing with cars and mind you this is more like a kind of very broad situation with cars one great thing about the military is that um you move every couple years and sometimes you have the joy of staying fairly close you could literally just drive your car to state to state to state and then other times you're put in a different situation where you move overseas we dealt with two different situations with moving overseas because Going to Germany, we were technically able to ship a single vehicle if we wished to. When it comes to Japan, it was different, but we also didn't opt to ship a car either. So that's kind of where things changed a little bit for us. Right. And one thing to note, even if you have two drivers in your family, the military will only cover the cost of one vehicle. So if you want to bring two, you got to pay for that other puppy out of pocket. Yes. So that's yet again going to come down to figuring out which car is in better shape or which car is going to sell for more like that's just going to come down to personal preference and what's best for you and your family or her, mm -hmm. however your family dynamics is if you're someone that has a lot of kids which is not uncommon to have like five right four or five kids if you're someone who has a lot of kids and you want to ship your soccer mom van feel free to just be mindful of where you're shipping it to if you have a big vehicle it might be very hard to get it to get it into certain places because like roads in germany were small same thing in japan so roads small, are small. Yes. So just be mindful of that as well. So we're just going to kind of break it down that way. When it comes to shipping your car, I'm going to kind of keep this very broad. When it comes to shipping your car overseas, what we end up doing, we end up shipping our Audi that we had at the time, which is just a standard sedan. And it was a boat. <laughs> it was a big car. We end up shipping that car. But what we had to do is we had to drive it to the designated port we had to use. And the fun thing about shipping cars, if you own it, 
you just make sure you, you have all your paperwork and you, you contact your um your insurance which a lot of people use usaa because they're fairly easy with military but when it comes to shipping a car you have to not only make sure it is spotless clean because the main issue with shipping a car it has to be clean so that when they inspect it they can write down every single ding and mark because if you were to get back your vehicle with a massive like scrape down the side and it was not there prior you can talk to the shipping company going hey man you you've dented my car you scraped my car right but if they don't properly document the shape of your car you can try to i don't want to say scam them by claiming oh that that wasn't there before right so it's to protect both parties involved so i know this seems extremely tedious and also if you are going from country to country your car if it's not clean, could have little organisms living in, like, the tires and wheel wells and stuff that you then bring it to a new country and then you wreck the entire ecosystem. So that's another reason why that has to be spotless as well. Yeah, there's there's multiple reasons. Just like we said in the past, please follow the rules. Respect the host country in yeah. particular. Don't mess their ecosystem. It's a very, very delicate creature. That you want no to cause, to like, the second dust bowl for somebody. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. follow the rules and keep in mind, I hate to say this, you don't want to follow the rules, that's fine, because um, the port that we shipped ours through was very strict. So they'd be like, I don't oh, care yeah. about your problems. We know you have to ship it out right now, so do follow you're supposed to, otherwise we're not going to ship it. So sometimes oh, yeah. they're extremely strict. With that, the other side of shipping a car, if it's not under your name, you do not fully own it, you have a lien on it, this is actually what I dealt with. Um, I believe we talked about previously that the bank I went through wouldn't basically sign off on it. Mm-hmm. Because of the time frame, they did not. I did not have enough time to get my paperwork pushed through correctly, and it was really sad because that was the car we were planning on shipping opposed to the other car we had. Yeah. And then being told, "You are SOL," mm-hmm. and it's just not going to happen. I am pretty sure I cried because I pretty much had to decide to just sell my car out. And mm-hmm. remind you, the lien I had on it when I sold it, I pretty much sold it for what I owed on the lien. So I literally got yeah. nothing for it. You didn't make memories. Yeah, it was very, it was a really rough time because I was just like, just someone just punched me in the face because I think that would probably feel better right now. Um, So please make sure you get the stuff planned out ahead. Don't, don't end up like me crying over a car because it's your baby. Um, Another thing you can do opposed to shipping a vehicle or if you're going to a place that you are not able to ship a vehicle, you can also store a vehicle, stressing one vehicle. The military, I believe, will cover up to one car to store. That is something that I've heard good things and I've heard bad things on. I have a friend here that said she has a car in storage that she's pretty sure they broke while in storage because now it's not turning on. Oof. Yes. And that's something that now they're going to have to deal with when they go back stateside that they probably possibly broke her BMW. So neither here or there situation. So it's one of those things when you are dealing, you decide to pick that avenue, learn your rights, learn the rules. If you have to print out the regulations and if you have to be that Karen that shows up with it highlighted, go for it. Make them do yeah. their job. Just make sure you are doing your side of it as well. Don't get mad at them because right. you don't have the right paperwork. Your responsibility is no one else's responsibility to have your paperwork right. Another wonderful option which we dealt with was having to sell vehicles. We've had to sell vehicles on our way to Germany. We sold our vehicles out of Germany to Japan. And we're going to have mm-hmm. to deal with selling vehicles when we get to Japan. Or when right. we leave Japan. My apologies. Yeah. With that... Um, I always find more paperwork, the better. If you have paperwork from every single time you've gotten the car service, especially if it's a newer car, it's a nicer car, I should say, have all that paperwork. It's the best thing you can do. Cause then, you know, it makes the buyer feel safer that you have. Yeah. I regularly get an oil change every six months. Here's all the paperwork to show yet again. It goes back onto you. Just have your paperwork ready. Make sure you know what you have to do to sell said car and, you know, be able to go through the proper chains that you have to do. Cause I know it was different in Japan and it's different in Germany because we had different offices we had to go through to do it. You know, and you just kind of go from there. I still miss, out of all the cars I had, aside from my first car when I was 16 years old, but do you remember the gray Seat? Yes. My God, Germany? I think it was it wonderful. Was, it so it was space. diesel. Oh yes. my gosh, it was amazing. I love that car so much. I still think about that. Like, if I could get another diesel car today in the States, I would. Did we take that really to Ikea all options. the time? Yeah, because it was like it was the only hatchback that like yeah. any of us had. That was big. That you was had, big. You had the grandpa car, you had the boat, but it was a sedan, oh so it didn't grandpa. really fit boxes well. So we used to take my Seat Leon, and oh my god, 
Yeah, because I used Sean got mad because I he said he said the car was more like an Olivia to him, and I feel like that was not nice because the only Olivia I know is Olivia Benson, and she is wonderful and amazing. She's not a boat car. She is. She is not a boat car. She is not an old car. She is bomb. If Olivia Benson was a car, she'd be like a Range Rover, like or like a Bronco. Like, don't mess with Olivia Benson, okay? That's just us just fanning over our, one of our favorite shows that I think bonded us fairly quickly in our in our relationship. Yes. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Yeah, we had we had Grandpa, which was our Audi, and by the end, that thing was on its last leg. It, I'm pretty sure we bought it, and it was a lemon, and we just made the lemon live. For yeah. four years past it should have lived. And we had our Mini Cooper, which we loved our Mini. It was perfect for both Sean and I because it's just it's just us. It was just mm-hmm. us. We don't have kids. We only had one cat at the time, which my, my cat loved it because it had heated seats. So oh, every time yeah. I took her to the vet, I would turn it on like the lowest setting for heating. And uh-huh. she would conk out. I would literally strap down the, the um, carrier so, God forbid, if I had to slam on the brake, she would fly. Mm-hmm. I would strap her down, I'd turn the heated seat on one, and she would, like, within, like, two minutes fall asleep. The whole car ride, she would just sleep the whole time. And I could hear her little happy, happy butt just purring as she fell asleep in there. Yeah. Because it was warm, and it was, you know, it was comforting for her. But. Well, that actually perfectly segues into what we were going to talk about next, which is traveling and PCSing with your pets. Yes. There's two big things I want to touch on. The first one being like a domestic move and then the other one being an international move. Obviously, you'll have to fly your pet in that case. But I do want to start off with just your basic state-to-state move. I saw... Wait, Shannon, hang on. I want to talk about this and I want to talk about this as understandingly as I can because I genuinely did not understand this thing that I saw. as you can. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not judging because I don't know this human situation, but I just saw something on Facebook that didn't make any sense to me. I was on one of the pages. Was we will not state there, which page. We won't state what page or who. So we'll just we'll just say a p- Facebook page. One yeah, of thousands. A page. Um, there was a human being that they're pretty big move, like east west coast to east coast or east coast to west coast. So it's a big move, and they have two dogs, but they aren't planning on driving and so most people they wanted to know how much it would be to to ship them um and as we're going to get in later the answer is about four to eight thousand per dog oh my god big dogs so a lot of people instead of answering her question with like pet shipping options were just telling her just drive and um i guess she said that's not an option which i mean hey, if you want to pay me $16,000, I'll fly over to you and I'll drive your pets to the next location. Like, dang! Okay. Well, I think that, I guess the other side of that, though, is, I'm just going to devil's advocate here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, do, do it, do it, do it. Think of it this way, is that there's a chance that they are a higher income house, like a mm-hmm. much, much higher income house, or people yep. people that just, they don't have children, or they just have a high enough income that $20,000 is... Chump change, who knows? Or just, or they have it already off to the side for shipping costs. Mm-hmm. I know personally, I already have money aside to ship both Winry and Maka if we had to, but we're hopefully right. hoping on not having to go through a shipping company to ship our pets to the next location because I'm right. a control freak and I like to physically see their little fuzzy faces. I just think double advocate, you don't know if they possibly have a high enough income where that money isn't going to hurt them. Or for all you know, they might have high anxiety dogs that can't handle the drive and they're just going to scream and cry and puke the whole time. Who knows? I feel like if they're going to have high anxiety with their humans in a car, they're going to have high anxiety with strangers in a car or with strangers on an airplane or alone on an airplane. Well, then I hate to say this. I think it's one of the situations then they're not dealing with the animal. Because the thing is, if you pay a shipping company... It's their job is to keep your animal alive and get them from point A to point B, which includes yeah. if they're vomiting, they're pooping all over the place, they're destroying the kennel they're in, that is the shipping company's problem, not yours. Mm-hmm. And that might be part of it is they just want to get their animal from point A to point B and pay the extra luxury money, in my opinion, luxury <laughs> money, that to not be. deal with it. And that's, that is a chance. And like, like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Do I personally no, I, agree with dropping that money? 
No. These are good points. Yeah. I mean, I know Murphy does not like the car. He would not do well in an East Coast to West Coast drive. But I, there is nothing in the world that could separate me from my dog. Well, he's your baby boy. At all. He's, he is your <laughs> yes. baby boy. And I'm... I will load I up my dog. I can't wait him. And my two cats. I don't even... Will can take a different car. I don't even care. I will personally drive You will have the farm. Myself. You will have the farm in your car. Yes. Um, and I guess that's kind of what I wanted to actually get into next before this whole thing is, like, what do you do with your pets? I know a lot of people, um, when they're driving with dogs, uh, their biggest concerns are being able to let them out in um, hotels and stuff that will accommodate them. And I'm here to tell you all that if you can find a Loves, not only do they have showers for truckers, but most of them have doggy areas where you can run around and let your dogs out which is not something i even noticed until we got murphy and now i notice all the time now you notice all the doggy things right exactly so stop at a loves if you can um and then also now what is that exactly is that a trucker stop or is that a it's a gas station slash truck stop it's like a it's a really i like the gas station honestly um i know it's not in new england but i've seen it. that's why i was curious what it was that makes sense Yep, and then also I went ahead and I looked up um, some hotels that will allow pets. So most of them are between twenty and thirty-five dollars a night for a pet fee, but it's usually for one to two pets. Um, yeah, and it's Best Western, mm-hmm. uh, Drury, which is huge in the Midwest here. So if you're doing a coast to coast move, you will hit a few of them. I promise. Hotels by Hilton. La Quinta, mm-hmm. which is also known as Wyndham Hotels. By the way, by the yes. way we actually stayed at a La Quinta um, in mm-hmm. Seattle with our winery. We okay. stayed there. And they were yeah. very, very nice. Um, I know this is something Perry's going to touch on. I did not know what I was doing when it mm-hmm. came to shipping said animal across the world because mm-hmm. we literally from, mm-hmm. went from Germany states, east coast to west coast, west coast to, to where we are yeah. now. When we got to the La Quinta, I literally just looked at them and go, I thought there'd be a litter box in the room because I'm dumb and didn't realize that's not something they would keep in the room because this is my first time ever going shipping my cat, let alone shipping an animal. And they were really sweet. They gave me a top of like, you know, like when you order paper in like the big, big boxes and they come with the top. They gave me one of those. They gave me an extra like heavy duty bag. And they said, if you need tape, let us know so you could tape it down. And they said the gas station like diagonal or down the street from them sells cat litter i'm sorry i digress carry carry on it's okay um so i only wanted to mention one more hotel which is the red roof inn and they actually will offer you a discount of 10 percent what if you have a cat what i wish i knew this yeah so i thought that was really funny the cat people secretly i bet you the owner the ceo has cats (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think so too. I bet that the CEO is like a crazy cat lady or something. Yes. Um. So this is something to remember not only when you're traveling from place to place, but as we mentioned in the last episode, you are not always guaranteed a pet-friendly TLF when you get to your new base, your temporary living facility. For those of you that are new and don't know, TLF is temporary living facility. If that's the case and you don't have a house yet, or maybe you have one lined up but you can't move in yet, these are some options for where you might need to stay when you get to your no-duty location. Uh, one thing to keep in mind about TLF not always guaranteeing to have space, which is very common, because surprisingly, there's a lot of people that have pets. I know, not surprising. But for some weird reason, they haven't thought about making more rooms pet-friendly, so it kind of turns into like the great race to secure one. Yeah. So at least I know where we are right now. A lot of people end up having to board their animals. And keep in mind, if you come to Japan or even Hawaii, they all have extremely strict rules for importing animals. And depending on if you don't do what you're supposed to prior to somehow getting there, it can turn into a very big mess. So that's one thing I think Perry's probably going to touch on and actually in the next section. So I'm sorry for cutting you off, Perry. Oh, you're fine. Get your paperwork straight. Exactly. So Perry, I pass it off back to you. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. Just the last thing I want to say on that, um, other I mean, than Shannon already said, is uh, you can also look at Airbnbs, especially if you have a family 
and maybe you don't like the idea of eating out every single night, yeah. then foregoing, you know, base housing and boarding your animal, it might just be easier and honestly about as cost efficient to try to find like an Airbnb or something in the area so you can keep your animals with you, which is something we had to do when we got here because we found a house that we really liked. But the problem was, is that it wasn't ready to move in yet. So we had like six days or something no it wasn't even six days it was like three days that we were like we're homeless okay um so that's all i wanted to say um one little last thing i wanted to talk about for domestic pcs's is a lot of people ask what do i do with my animals when they're physically in the car and i just want to give my opinion and what i've learned yeah what have you done because um, i've 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 only had to drive literally from home state to our very first duty station with one dog and it's been a very long time yeah so with the cats we didn't have murphy our last few pcs's but if we were to have murphy he would just go in the back of my car and probably the cats would go with will in his car but um some people say and i think this is true it's safer if you can keep them in their crates while they're in the vehicle because if you get in a car accident they're not going to be able to run away if you, you know, anything like that, it is safer. Or get hurt from the impact. Or get hurt. Um, That's not what I did with my cats because they wouldn't shut up if they were in their crates. So we just let them kind of have free range of the car. Now, if you're driving alone, I wouldn't recommend this because somebody has to be available to get the cat from underneath the driver's feet because the cat yeah. will go underneath the driver's feet. Um, yeah. but mine personally, after about like 40 minutes settled down and like curled up on top of our luggage and just like went to sleep. So that is what we did. We also bought a tiny like kitten size litter box and we put that in the car for the nervous poops, which I'm glad we did cause we did have the nervous poops. But let me tell you what, that, that poop smell will stay in your car for like two weeks. Ugh. So try to clean the litter box at the next exit because it is rough. But yeah, that's just what we did. And I'm really happy we did do that because otherwise that nervous poop would have been in the crate and that would have been a lot harder to clean up. Because then you would have probably possibly, possibly have to bathe the cat. And it was Tubbs. And Tubbs is a hefty Aww. boy. And he's I big, already got to clean some poop out of him every once in a while because he's yeah. so large he's so. a big meatball yes I love him so that's what uh what i say and then i know a lot of people that are um, nervous about their animals and their stress level um talk to your vet and see what they can do for their stress some people will give them light sedatives now if you're flying Check with your airline because there's some airlines, if they look drugged in any way, they won't take your animal. Yes. So check with your airline and always, always, always check with your vet. Don't just, like, give them a bunch of Benadryl. Don't. Not the oh, my God. You go. can you could extremely harm your animal. And I bet you, you would not do this. Yeah. Most people would not do this maliciously. So we're not saying right. people that do this are doing it maliciously. And if you are going to drug your animal... Give them a test run a few days yes. before because the worst thing that could happen is you give your pet a new drug for the first time and then you don't see them for 10 hours. And, and they have a bad reaction. Wrong. Yeah. Right. I've done both. And, you know, I think going forward I probably won't give my animals any more drugs because they did do pretty well. They did better than I thought they were going to do. But talk to your vet. I feel like they tend to do better than you think because I think we always have the image of, like, the animal freaking out and trying to like eat the carrier or like screaming yeah. the whole time because over time this is just the me putting my psychology hat on for a little bit here um the way anxiety works or the way stress works is that your body hits a point that it can't maintain anymore and eventually it's going to drop and i feel like it's probably the exact same for animals i could be wrong mm-hmm. i'm not i am i'm not licensed <laughs> but that is just the basics of stress. It's just over time, eventually your stress level is just going to eventually drop. And that's actually how you get over fears is just you test it. You, you do an additional step. You wait till your body calms down. Try your next step and so forth and so forth. Sorry, I'm going to take the hat back off and pass it back to Perry because I keep on interrupting her. Because this, this no, is a really important fine. topic. You're fine. It is. This is heavy. I'm, I'm about to drop a lot of resources and facts on you guys. So it's fine to jump in when you need to. Um, Woo! 
Woohoo! Let's talk about international flights with animals. Something I've done. This is fun. This is Something my favorite part. You've done a bunch of times. I've only done it the one time. I the idea of taking Murphy on for those of you that don't know, we, can we include a picture of Murphy in the in the show? Pictures? How could we not include okay. a picture of Murphy? Speaking of him talking. My, my buddy. <laughs> Will just got home. Does anyone else he- Perry, you cannot cut that bark. That's a big boy bark. <laughs> so that was Murphy. He is a 96-pound cane corso. Sorry, cane corso mix. And can y'all shh a little bit? I'm trying to do things. Rewinding. So for those of you that don't know, Murphy is my 96-pound Kane Corso mix, and he's just simply the best, and I love him. Um, but he also, we got him the day the pandemic shutdown started, so he has a little bit of separation anxiety because he's never been without me for more than, like, nine hours ever, so... I don't think he would do well on a flight, but that's fine. I'm sure most people that have to fly with their dogs feel exactly the same way I do about the situation. So let's talk about what all you're going to need to do to put yourself and your pet through this. Different countries do have different rules. I know, Shannon, when you were moving Winry from Germany to Japan, the vet gave you an entire pamphlet of information on exactly what she needed. I'm going to let you know, it was not a pamphlet. It was a booklet. Because a booklet. Sorry. Japan and Hawaii have, I don't want to say have the most, but have a lot of regulations. Because you have to remember, Japan and Hawaii are islands. So they have to make sure, they need to secure to make sure whatever you are bringing in is not going to mess up the ecosystem. Like we talked about like right. 10 minutes ago. Cars and pets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the main thing is that, yes, all these regulations seem extremely stupid and extremely tedious, but they purposely, what we did is the day we found out we were going to Japan, I literally went straight to the vet office. I literally took my happy butt to the vet office going, hi, we have orders to Japan. What can I do to bring said kitty with me to said place? And it said, I'm so glad you told us because this is sometimes a six month ordeal because you need to make sure your paperwork is not only straight, but is correct. Because if the smallest thing does not line up, it could be something as simple as a serial number was flipped, which Mm -hmm. actually we had to deal with something like that. You need to make sure this is right. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get your animal into the country you were trying to get into. So we were we were lucky, though. We flew in. We took Winry in cabin from literally from. Germany, East Coast, East Coast, West Coast, West Coast to Japan. She flew in cabin the entire way because she was, yeah, she was like 12 pounds because when we flew, the cat had to be with carrier no more than 18 pounds, which they weigh them. So if your cat is a big boy or a big girl or a chunky boy, remind yourself if your cat's a big cat and weighs more than 18 pounds with carrier and they weigh it and they look at you go, honey, this is over. They're going to expect you to check your cat or your dog below and that depending on who you're flying with they might not have the space right well that's something i want to talk about is when we flew from germany we had tina who was a normal sized cat and then we have tubs and tubs currently and don't come at me he's on a vet approved diet he just is fat he is 23 pounds and i think he was about 18 when we moved from germany so we couldn't he was 18 pounds Oh, 18 pounds. I thought you said 18. I was like, 18 years? He's not 18 years old. No, he's not 18 years. He's six. So I had teeny Nini panini, and she was in a soft carrier, which went um, under the seat in front of me in the plane. And then I had Tubbins, who took his obese butt down below in cargo, and he had to go in a airline-approved hard carrier. So that's something to remember. If your cat, if you're not sure... You need a soft carrier for up top and a hard carrier for down below. So they might be like, sorry, you're going to put it down below. And all of a sudden you need a new cat carrier. So um, be prepared. Remember. Yeah. And I guess I say cats, but cats and small dogs, either one. On top of having the correct carrier, once you know what country you're going to, make sure they're up to date on all their shots. I know Japan, when you get there, has a 120-day quarantine, and I believe it's Guam or Hawaii has a 180-day quarantine. So be prepared for that. 
which you, for us, we, I believe we started it early because you're allowed to, I believe, start it in where you are currently. Okay. So that, that's where I was talking about, like, depending on where you go, if the cat has to be quarantined or the dog has to be quarantined, if you start it all ahead of time, so we didn't have yeah, to deal with having good. to put Winry on base at someone's house that we didn't know, or putting her at the kennel on base and paying an arm and a leg for that many days. So they're going to need vaccines to be up to date, and they need to be at least 30 days old. So you can't mm-hmm. have your last rabies vaccine within 30 days from the time you fly out. Yep. So that means you can't so, have an itty bitty baby if you're trying to fly with a very very young animal. Yes. You are going so to run into that. So don't get a kitten or a puppy if you are PCS exempt. And then PCS. Yeah. Don't do that. And then they also need to be microchipped, and they also need to have a health certification within ten days of flying. So you want to schedule that as soon as possible, but you are and not going to want to get possible. it. Until, like, I mean, if you can do the day before, do the day before. Because, Lord forbid, your flight gets delayed or something, you know, by a week, you're going to have to get a new one again. So get it as late as possible. I did see a question on the pets page that I mentioned earlier. And they asked if they needed to have their dog fixed and neutered before they went to Germany. As a rule, you should fix your animals. But, um, no, you do not have to alter your animals in order to go to a different country. No, that's, so, I've never heard of that either. Somebody was spreading some misinformation about that, so I just wanted to share. Um, and then other things that are specific to your breeds, if you have a snub-nosed breed cat or dog, you need to double-check your airlines because there are some airlines that will not fly those animals because they're too much of a liability. Because Mm -hmm. when you have an animal that's been bred to not be able to breathe and then you put them in the air, bad things can happen, which is another thing you should consider before you get one of those animals in the military life. I know that's sucks that you know we can't have everything we want but it's better to make that consideration before you get the pet than get a snub-nosed breed animal and then not be able to take them with you and have to rehome them because not only is that awful for your family but it's traumatic for your pet as well so yeah something so, to mention and i know certain airlines will not fly certain times of the year with those animals sometimes they'll take them but they won't take them during the summer months because of the factor because of what Perry was saying is that certain breeds just can't withstand it. And that's their mm-hmm. biggest fear. Like Boston Terriers, French Bulldogs, which everybody loves. Those are type of like uh, pugs. Like animals like mm-hmm. that cannot withstand those type of conditions. So mm-hmm. don't even try to like sneak your animal on or try to put mm-hmm. them through the stressor. Because as a pet owner, for me and for Perry, these animals are like our children. So I would never want to put my babies through unnecessary stress. I would rather stay behind by yes. six months and wait until it was safe for them to go. Or, or if not, leave early. Member. Or leave, leave early. I know, someone, I know someone here who left early because she has a big dog. And mm-hmm. not a short nose, but has a large dog. And it was easier for her to fly out, a, I think, a month or two early before her husband. Yeah. So that she can guaranteed get her and her dog back to the States. Right. Well, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about is so a lot of airlines during COVID, so within the last year, they, one, stopped allowing emotional support animals on their planes, like at all, and two, a lot of them have limited their amount of animals and cargo. So right now we're looking at astronomical prices for shipping your large breed dogs, and not even your large breed, but like a 53-pound dog can run you $8,000 to $10,000 yep. easily at this point. Just because some aren't carrying them, so there's a big demand, and it's hard It's hard for them to do. And I know there's, like, I think it's American. It might be United. One of those two big ones. They'll only put three dogs in cargo at a time. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So that's one of those things that you just need to, again, plan ahead of time. If you have to leave a month early because, you know, they can't go in cargo later or they can't get a spot. It's the only way to get them there. Yeah. Do what you need to. Don't leave your animal behind. Before we get more into, like, the big commercial airlines, I want to just mention, and I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but kind of the best option is to take a rotator to fly Space A, which is your space available. That's what we did to get from... West Coast to Japan. We took a road Do you want to talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. Um, I know for me, this is just my experience with flying with one single cat who was 12 and change pounds. So she was easy to go up top. And yep. the type of carrier I had for her, 
I looked at the dimensions and it was fine. It's not your standard soft carry either. It was almost like a backpack style. Mm-hmm. So standing up, she can stand up no problem. But when it lays down, she was able to kind of crescent, crescent moon herself, which anyone who owns a cat knows what I'm talking about. Um, she loved that carrier actually because it was a good size for her because she was able to kind of just sprawl out because she's a really tall and lanky cat. She's not big, but she's lanky. So I had to keep that in mind. Um, with her, when we flew from Germany to the East Coast, we flew commercial. And they were really easy. We had to pay for the um, for the additional charge to have her up top. So she actually had her own um, ticket. Mm-hmm. And with that, what I did, because I didn't know what to do when it came to, like, how to fly an animal, I just went straight to the cap. I went straight to the, um, once we got past security, which, by the way, if you are a cat owner and you are flying with an animal in cabin, you have to go through security with them. Right. Word to the wise if your cat does not have nail covers, because I actually do that now, I, I we do that for, uh, at least for Winry, um, which is humane. It's a much more humane way than than removing their nails altogether. That's yeah, something I would get on. your cat. Please don't declaw your cat. That's a, that's a, if you need to, do your own research. I'm not going to be the one that's going to give the gruesome details. Yeah. As I don't a big, care if your couch is torn up. Just teach the cat not to claw the couch. Maybe get That means your cat doesn't those. have enough places to scratch. That's yes. what that actually means. That means your cat but, is stressed out. Yeah. The end. <laughs> I don't want to. T- I don't want to get heavy of this because I could spend hours on talking about animal rights and what you should and shouldn't do. But that's yeah. neither here or there. Um, for us, when we went through security, that was the very first time we ever took Winry through something that stressful or that loud. Um, I was dumb, and it was we flew in like September, so it was still warm enough out that I was wearing like a tank top or a t-shirt and jeans. Winry had claws, so when I took her out of the carrier, she was freaking out because it was very loud. I held her to me because she's she's my cat, so I held her, but she dug her claws into my shoulder, and I, as I left security, I was bleeding because I didn't think about wearing a hoodie or, th- yes. or have a blanket to carry her in because she held to me because she was petrified of the noise. So, and mind you, she's not an easily spoke cat peridosis. She's kind of a fearless creature. Right. Um, she's dumb, but she's fearless. Right. And she didn't even like it. So what we plan on doing with our next flight, hopefully we can in-cabin both of our cats because they're that size still. We both plan on wearing hoodies mm-hmm. to hold our cats so that they don't claw the living daylights out of us. Because that's not fun for anyone involved. Because then, you know, good luck trying to get first aid after getting out of security while you're dripping right going onto your flight. But the right. other thing is when you get to, I went straight up to the ticket counter once we got to where we had to, past security. And I said to them, hey, I'm flying with a cat. Do you, need to, do you need to see the paperwork now or do you need to see your ticket stuff now? Just trying to save myself stress of trying to panic, trying to get through the line, the normal time to board. They actually said to me at the time, they said, I don't need to see your paperwork, but if you're flying with a cat, if you like to, if you're flying with a pet in cabin, you can actually board with parents when they're boarding mm-hmm. with their kids because we want to give you an additional time to secure your animal. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice. We had an unbelievably great experience flying literally from one part of the world to the other part of the world with Winry. Every single person we flew flew with, they were easy to work with. They were nice. Um, No one gave us grief. Everyone was like, oh, my God, your cat's cute. Like, that's literally the experience I dealt with was everyone saying my cat was gorgeous. So I know that's not everyone else's experience. I think we're really lucky. Knock on wood. We're going to deal with hopefully the same the next time around. But, you know. I'll keep you guys updated because hopefully yeah. I'm not going to be crying next time. So that was the commercial, not the rotator, right? That was commercial. And then even the same with rotator. We went the exact okay. same avenue. We had no issues. Yet again, knock on wood, that was my experience. Got you. Yeah, and I know a lot of people really like the rotator because it's like typically less than $500 to get your dog on a rotator, which um, we're going to talk about this right now. Because of the state of things, it's about it could depending on the size of your dog, but it would range between four and twelve thousand dollars yeah. per dog right now to ship and large cat. So that's why I love people want to do rotator. But um, a lot of us don't have that option. We have to go commercial. So I can't stress this enough. If you're going to or from Europe, Lufthansa or Lufthansa is the way Lufthansa, to go. Yeah. Because they have a climate-controlled cargo, so they can fly your pet in all seasons. Um, it's more comfortable, and it doesn't cost – I mean, it's comparable. Also, cost. their customer service is – every time I dealt with them, their customer service was always 
Yeah, I love Lufthansa, and I'm pretty sure the flights from the U- to and from the U.S. are United, operated by Lufthansa. Mm-hmm. Every time I've ever flew with them, they weren't that expensive. That was just human flying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you're gonna go to Asia, there's actually um, it's called like Al Nippon Airways, I guess, and they are kind of the best way to go. And but like even then, you're looking at nine thousand dollars for a yeah. large dog. I know for us, we were really lucky. We probably dropped from, this is like kind of a lose. I believe we spent, give or take, about $800 from literally Germany, East Coast, East Coast, West Coast, West Coast of Japan. Yeah. Just give or take about 800 But keep in mind, that is, we locked out the whole way through. When we stayed in cabin, the whole way through. Right. So we locked out with that price. So that's, so that's really on your low side of things. Don't think mm-hmm. that my experience should be yours with your 90-pound dog. Yeah. I want to say it was about 130 per cat when we flew yeah. Lufthansa. Yeah, and I think it was about 100 kind of low. So I think it's more now, but yeah, just probably. keep that in mind. I would say $800 for a cat and about 10 grand for a dog at this point. Give or take the size, yeah, depending Unless on the state it's a of the small world. Dog, but yeah. Um, okay, so if you're not able to get a rotator or commercial flight then the other option is using a pet shipper which sounds stressful but it there are some really good options out there the biggest one that i see all the time is patriots express and that is specifically from the military so as it becomes harder to find commercial flights they'll be able to take your animals the patriot express as it's known is a commercial charter for military personnel and their families and it allows them to bring pets on the flight when moving overseas or back home spots are highly coveted because the prices range from 125 dollars to 375 dollars they're very limited spaces though and only three flights are allowed in the cabin and only 10 spots are available as cargo for each flight and i got that information from the washington post and I'm going to link that because it has some more resources and stuff within that article. That's the way to go. But again, what is that? A grand total of 13 animals allowed. Yeah, so, that's not a lot. Yeah. So there's a few others that I saw recommended on this Facebook page. And I took a brief look at them. And I'm going to include links to every single one of them. So if you are in a position where you need to ship your pet, go ahead and check out some of these links. One is called Pet to Relocator. Action Pet Express, Feather and Fur Express, which was like like seconded and thirded and everybody had good things to say about it. Island Pet Movers, which looks like it's just Hawaii. Um, pets with Passports, Tail Wings, and Pack Your Pets are all different options for shipping your pet. And most of them will give you a free estimate. And what's included in that is not only the cost of airfare or whatnot, but they're also going to have like an advisor to help you along the way to make sure that you have the right kennel and everything for them to make sure you have all the right paperwork and make sure everything's in a row. They act as like an ambassador for your pet to make sure that they make it. So yeah. you're also paying for the experience. Right. Um, it averages, again, for like a medium sized dog, eight to 10,000 right now. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Um, but like Shannon and I said, Do not leave your pet behind because you don't have $8,000. If you don't have $8,000, maybe don't get a large dog at this time. I know Shannon has some feelings about this. Shannon, you want to go off? All right, all right. So you're tapping me in on this one. Okay, so um, I am an animal lover. I love my cats. They are literally my children, which means I would go to any lengths to get them from point A to point B, even if it means... I have to drop money to get them from point A to point B. So as a pet owner, please do your research, take your time, make a educated decision if you are deciding to get an animal while you're overseas or even stateside. If you are military, you consciously know you will move around every couple of years. Yes, it might vary for career and for rank. It will vary if you move every two years, three years, four years, six years, eight years, whatever it may be. But you consciously know you are going to be moving. You need to get everyone in your family, including that pet with you to point A to point B. Do not, for the love of all things great, do not leave your cat behind. Do not leave your dog behind. Do not abandon your animal. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. If you're someone who literally abandons your animal, you are scum to me. I'm gonna be bold and say that. 
because it is one of the issues I even see where we are right now. We literally have quote unquote wild dogs on some of the bases here because people abandon, not give them to a rescue, which is an option, which is always an option. If you realize after adopting an animal that you are not capable of maintaining proper care for the animal, Yes, it is really hard on you emotionally and it's sad for the animal, but at least you are giving that chance, that animal a chance at the rest of its life with someone else who can actually love them and can actually take care of them. Sorry I said that, but it's true. Please do not just think, oh, it's a cat. I can just dump it outside and I'll be fine. I'm sorry if you cannot maintain care for that animal, don't get that animal. Do not get a cat for your cute little two-year-old that thinks they want something fluffy to play with. Take care of your animal. They're just like a family member. If you cannot maintain this level of care, don't get an animal, please. Just for the love of God, just don't get an animal. And also, I'm just going to put this in here. Don't don't shop, adopt. There's so many animals that get left behind because of military. And this is also something I know Perry saw when we were in Germany. There was literally shelters that did not adopt out to Americans because we were so notoriously known for leaving our animals behind and abandoning them. Literally other countries... (laughs) are recognizing that. Do you want to give an example of this from an anonymous uh, voice? Somebody I that can we gladly know? give. Yes. Go so on, girl. We're, we're just going to, you know, and keep this very anonymous. There was someone that we knew at our last base who adopted an animal, which was, remind you, passed around from several other families. And anyone who's ever owned an animal or even has ever adopted an animal knows that sometimes when you adopt an animal, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know if that animal has anxiety issues. You don't know if the animal has particular care needs. It happens. You don't always know what you're getting into. And sometimes you luck out. Sometimes you end up with an animal that needs just a little bit more compassion, a little bit more love. That's okay. But this particular animal had severe, severe separation anxiety to the point where where they live, their landlord was very close and would hear this dog because it was a hound, would howl. And if you've ever been around a hound or know a hound breed, when they bark, they let this very, very loud, deep howl out, which your neighbors can hear. So this person literally adopted this dog that has been bounced around to several other houses because of all of his issues of probably being abandoned and being bounced around between so many different houses. So you're just adding more and more issues for this poor creature who is defenseless who is innocent in the situation. And she, instead of being a good person, she ended up asking me, and mind you, she's asked other pet owners to help her. But instead of taking advice, she ran the opposite direction. And she said to me, hey, can you help me out? I wanna take said animal to a shelter and give him up. Cause I just, I cannot offer the care necessary. And of course, as someone who condones, give up the animal before you hurt the animal, that's okay. So she did exactly that. Because in my opinion, she was not a very good pet owner either because she did not know how to handle him. So she just didn't know how to deal with him. She had and she didn't want to put in the training at all. No, she refused to. That she refused was what to do was the frustrating. Training. Like yes. Murphy has had some things and some separation anxiety and problems because we got him as a puppy. Puppies have problems. And I, no amount of negative reinforcement works on this dog. Only positive reinforcement. And I've had to learn with him like he had to learn how to be a good dog and i had to learn how to be a good dog owner and trainer and it wasn't easy but i did it because he's my responsibility it's not he's your choice you made the choice to adopt him exactly especially with him being such a big aggressive dog because he's a connie corso but he's also rottweiler and staffordshire terrier so if he went to a shelter because of behavioral problems like he wouldn't be adopted i don't think because he just looks so mean not easily but he's so nice oh he's a he's a big marshmallow but with this particular situation she lied to me to come with her to this rescue to uh to surrender the animal remind you when you have an animal with the military you normally get them microchipped so she forgot that the dog was microchipped and she brought it to the rescue and said i just found him in the woods she flat out lied to them and said she found them. She found him on the side of the road by the woods. So she wanted to do the right thing by making herself sound good, by doing the right thing in a ba- and, and, you know, give him up because, you know, she's just not capable. And it's funny because the lady who worked there realized something was up because the way the dog reacted when they took the dog back, he mm-hmm. kept on looking at her, not at me, at mm-hmm. her. Because she was his owner, I think, for, like, the last three, six months. I don't remember how long she had him, but she had him for enough of a long time that he became attached to her. And he howled the entire time they dragged him in the back. 
mind you, I'm mm-hmm. not saying like dragged him maliciously, but he didn't want to go. Right. He didn't want to leave her side and he howled. And I remember it hurt my heart. I was livid when she lied to me about it. When we got outside, I looked at him like, why did you lie? And here comes the kicker because sometimes karma is kind and works much quicker than other times. <laughs> it circled on Facebook because remind you, where we came from was a very small community, including even the local community was very small. Right. Everyone knew each other. Right. Um, they posted a picture of him saying, is there anyone looking for this dog? Needless to say, someone who was someone's spouse recognized the dog as their dog and immediately tagged her below <laughs> saying, did you lose the dog? And she was mortified because then mm-hmm. not, o- not only... Was she tagged in that post saying, hey, this looks like your dog. What happened? Is he okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, several other people in our community saw that post, knew it was her dog, and knew that she did this. Mm-hmm. And it got around within, what, 24, 48 hours that she did this? Oh, yeah. I think so. I was livid because I told her what she did was wrong. Flat yeah. out she lied. She was wrong. And I was yeah. really mad because I was there with her when she did it. Right. It's like, you made me an accomplice in this. Yes. And that's, this goes against everything, absolutely everything I believe in and agree yes. with. And it was funny because her husband, being the stellar guy that he is, looked at her and goes, this is your mess, clean it up. Yeah, he refused he to go with her. Supportive. No. She was reached out by, I think, someone on base, basically telling her she needs to come clean. Otherwise, she can actually, I think they said possibly deportation or she can be arrested or she can get fines because she flat out lied. So she, I believe she called me, I think she did that a Friday or Thursday night. I got called that Sunday by her, which I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the call. Yeah. I need to go back and and, and go square up with them. Needless to say, we got there. I went with her because I want to see how this went full circle. Mm Mm-hmm. The lady recognized her immediately because she recognized both of us. I actually flat out said to her, I'm like, I actually didn't know what she was doing until she came into the office as well. Because she looked at me and I was like, ma'am, I'm actually not part of this. I just happened to be the dumb person that followed her. And needless to say, this lady who worked at the rescue ripped. Like, I don't want to say unprofessionally, but ripped into her as a fellow pet lover. Just Mm -hmm. ripped her to shreds and told her, I never want to see your face again. If I ever find out you or anyone who was under, like, you're, you're, you're... I want to say she took down all of her information because she actually made her write out the formal, the official paperwork to basically give up her animal. Yeah. The surrender paperwork? Yeah, the surrendering paperwork, yep. And she had her pay the fine to give up the animal and everything, and she flat out looked at her and goes, if I ever see you or anyone with your last name in here, we will call the police. So that's kind of of like the end of my crazy animal lover rant. Um, So I know we kind of already touched on like the cost and I know, Perry, you've had some really interesting sources considering for, like, financial help. Yeah, so our favorite SBCA, you know, in the arms of Okay, they actually can give you, like, a grant to ship your pet. Um, one person recently shared their experience to ship their dog, and it took, they said, two months to do all the paperwork and get approved, so you do need to get all this really soon. But um, they gave them two grand to help cover the cost of shipping their dog. So it's really great. I think that's a resource not a lot of people know about. No, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So I'm going to link um, them. And I think there's some other options, but I couldn't find, like, verifiable things. So I didn't want to share them. But, um, yes, the SPCA can help you with a grant to get your dog shipped with you. So. All right, so um, let's flip it to something a little bit more positive, Perry. We're going to go over just like some random tidbits we have seen over Facebook pages, something that possibly we've even done. One thing in particular that I actually recently saw on the Facebook page, uh, PCS Like a Pro, which I think I mentioned last episode as well. Give them a try. It's a huge page. One of the things I saw was moving with jewelry. Like, I've always thought, like, how do I move with, like, my neck? Like, if I have necklaces, how do I move them without getting them tangled? Because I don't know about you, Perry. Nothing is worse than trying to detangle a necklace. It makes me want to rip my hair It's like a day's activity. I have always spent, like, an entire day. And it's, of course, when you're, like, putting your closet away and everything. And then you're just, like, sitting on the floor in your bedroom just, like, get out of there. Yeah. And then you don't want to snap it and break it. So one trick I saw is that someone actually was using, you can use a straw. Mm Mm-hmm literally thread it through the straw and then close it latch it Mm -hmm. and it's not going to get tangled 
Did you see yeah. any weird tips or tricks that, you know, I know, like, I probably don't even know? I searched through the Facebook pages to see what other people said. So I got a few of these from a stranger. Thank you very much. And then I also am just going on my own experience. Um, and one I didn't even think about until we started recording is, um, Shan, you were talking about you didn't have a litter box. And just, um, there are disposable litter boxes. You can get yep. paper disposable litter boxes at the pet stores. Or, like, when we moved, I got a kitten-sized litter box for our car. So litter boxes are, like what ten dollars maybe yeah they're not very expensive. don't be afraid to just throw it away and buy a new one honestly like just it's like your trash can just throw it away and buy a new one it's easier also i saw somebody recommend for the day that the movers come and i know we talked about your demon possessed gorilla movers in the last episode um get a fanny pack and keep like a pen and your cell phone and your wallet, maybe your passport, stuff that you need while they're there, but you don't want to put down because if you put something down and they pack it, they're not necessarily going to know which box no. it's in. Um, something that I do, which I also touched on the last episode, is lots of baggies and Tupperware for drawer things because I hate having just a bunch of stuff. And the bottom, especially um, spices, I don't care. I will move my spices. I am not buying basil 20 times in a year. So I, if they're opened, if you put them in a plastic baggie and you Ziploc it closed, like, they're going to take it, FYI. And then also, if you have furniture that you're going to pre-disassemble, first of all, keep those IKEA instructions because you're going to need them again. Put those bad boys in a plastic bag and then take out all your screws and bits and pieces and your Allen wrenches that go with them and put those in a plastic bag and then you tape that bad boy to the item of furniture so that when you're trying to put it all back together, you have it all there. That's something I didn't do my first three years in this life and it's something that I will always do from here on out. And oh, last tip that I saw it was actually just today it was a recent post uh somebody was flying um with their cat and they like responsible smart people packed a little bit of their cat food and like a ziploc baggie and the agriculture department took it from them yeah but it had to be in the original packaging so if you can really mm -hmm. that's new that's yeah. new yeah so if you can just get us the smallest bag possible of of that pet's food and again it's pet food Mo my animals don't eat when we move because they're stressed out constantly so like just bring a little bit in a bag if you have to and then know you can always buy more food you can get to another location especially if you're coming stateside like there's gonna be a walmart or a petco or a PetSmart or something yeah not too especially far if your pet's not picky so um we're gonna do a shift change here and swing on over to our NMRs of the week. What we picked for this week, which um, was really awesome because I've been kind of letting Perry pick the NMRs because she seems to have really creative random ideas and random thoughts. <laughs> this week, which has nothing to do with PCSing, is literally a bad or a funny customer service story. Remind you, both, we've, both of us have worked some extent of customer service. So um, I think I'm going to let Perry kick this off. Okay, so, well, I haven't worked customer service in a few years now, but I did it pretty much my whole life up until I was about 23. And um, so for bad, I have two. I have a funny and I have a bad. So we're going to start with the bad because it's a serious problem. I was like 16 at the time, and there was this, I'm going to call his, his name was Steven. Some guy named Steven would stalk me at work he was like probably like mid 40s and he had oh. this uh, he had this white truck and i would close and like we didn't close late it was six o'clock at night it was not like a late close but in the winter time it's dark by six o'clock and i would see his white truck go by back and forth until all the other customers had gone and the parking lot was empty and then he would come in and, like, buy his one thing of milk and then talk to me for 30 minutes until I was like, okay, I have to go. Ew. It got to the point I had to tell my boss, who lived, like, right next to the store, basically. And I was like, 
listen, there's a pervert, <laughs> so I'm gonna need you, because I couldn't not work the closing shift, but I was like, can you just, like, check on me once a night? And she was absolutely great, and 100% did that, but that's my bad customer service story. I have a more lighthearted one, and this came when I was working at Kohl's, and I only did it for a season, but I was working the register, and I had a black... I don't know, professional-ish looking shirt because I had to dress more professionally at Kohl's than I do as an accountant. That's besides the point. And I guess I had like washed my shirt with like a pink fuzzy sock or something or maybe I was like folding clothes and I just had like a bright pink thread on my shirt. And this older guy, let's go with mid-40s men. Mid-40s men, you need to do better. Um, He like points at which is like on my chest he like points at my shirt and he goes you have a pink thread that looks tacky I'm like okay Mr. Attitude so I look down I have it there I pluck it off of my chest I look at it I look him in the eyes I put it back on my chest and I said I like it there and he never said anything about it again (laughs) I am shocked because i think that's the first time you've ever told me that story that you literally took it off and put it right back like i like it there it's my new friend and i just stared him down the whole time i put it back i was just like not today satan well um i have some really i've done retail on and off since 16 i do more customer service now i had i guess i'll go with i guess we're gonna go with the the creepy white dude situation um, I worked at a Dunkin' for the longest time because, you know, hello, New England. I worked at a Dunkin' and I was a manager. There was a guy who came in with his daughter because he came up to the counter. And I think I was on the register, but I was kind of floating around because it's kind of like the job of the manager, just kind of keep on moving. And he came up and he started asking a bunch of questions about, like, bagels and cream cheese and, like, and mind you, I'm working with two other guys. It's just me and two other guys. So he leaves. He has his coffee with his kid, you know, da-da-da, talking. And out of nowhere, I came around the corner, and I hear her. I hear his daughter go, "No, Dad, just leave her alone." Uh, and mind you, I'm the only female working, so I uh, raise my eyebrow and I pop my head around. And remind you, by this point, I'm already married. He comes around and leans on my counter, like uh, he's some sly guy, uh, and starts talking to me. And I'm looking at him with like eyebrow lift, like, "Can I help you look?" Yeah. And he goes. It seems like we have so much in common about meals and coffee. I hate him. <laughs> and he was real sleazy. And it was funny. And I'm just, I'm humoring him by listening. Because I'm a manager, so I can't be mean and tell him to F off and leave. So yeah. I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, so I figured, you know, like, we should go on a date sometime. Or something along those like, some form of, like, really sleazy pickup line. And in a nutshell, ask me to go out for coffee and bagels with him sometime. Even though I work at a place that sells coffees and bagels. <laughs> so... Me being the per- semi-professional that I am, I look at him with a big smile on my face. I raise my ring hand up and I go, I'm kind of sort of married, hon. <laughs> Did that shut him down? Oh, the best part is, mind you, like I said, he had a daughter with him. Yeah. Who told him to leave me alone. She yeah. said, just, just, let's just leave. She went from behind him, basically, like, raising her voice and leave her alone, to uh-huh. the door in, like, two oh, yeah. seconds. Oh, I believe it. She was mortified. It was clear that she was mortified and, like, probably going to go back to her mom and be like, I'm never doing this again. Right. And I guess a really funny story, um, yet again, another time that I worked a clothing retail job. Uh-huh. Um, I won't say the company. She goes, the store was actually in the process of closing. And this lady comes in. She goes, oh, I want, I'm looking for this size bra. Okay. And I straight up tell her, because mind you, I packed all the stuff that was the base product already shipped back to, is being shipped to the main stores that are going to okay. stay open. So I tell the lady, sorry, ma'am, I know for a fact we don't have that size. I'll look, but I don't think we're, I don't remember having any of those sizes left. And she went from being like semi-nice to like flip switch angry real quick. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I, and she's like, go look in the back. All right, that's fine. I literally went in the back and kicked a box for a couple minutes. Came back out, I go, ma'am, like I told you, I'm the one who physically packed up all the bras. There is nothing in the back. There's nothing in the front. I do apologize for the inconvenience, but you have a lovely day. And I told her what location she can go to to find these mm-hmm. sizes. And she goes, well, I want them now because I want to pay the cheap price because of the store being closed. Exit out immediately because she said something along as I was unprofessional and mean or whatever. You know, in, mm-hmm. insert dumb customer, sort of, yeah. like customer, customer anger. Yeah. 
She leaves. And mind you, the way the store was built, we had all windows in the front of the store. So you could see people as they come and go. Yeah. I was working with another manager, you know, because it was one of those jobs you had walkie-talkies. And I was talking to her, and I'm like, oi, that was rough, you know? And yeah. I go, oh, God, oh, God, she's coming back. Oh, God, she's coming back. <laughs> and I see her flip around, come back, and go straight to the other girl who's working. I could hear over the walkie because she held it so I could hear part of it. <laughs> Basically saying how I was the most unprofessional associate and they've been so- they've been shopping the store for years or whatever. I've yeah. never seen her once before and I was working there for almost a year, but whatever. Okay. And so she goes, I want to speak to a manager. She goes, okay, you can head back to the cash register. She's waiting for you. <laughs> Guess who is the person at the register? Hi, how are you? <laughs> She realized it was me when she started coming down the main area and her face just dropped. She turned around and just left. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's my fun story of um, I like that. retail goodness. Um, so, yeah. If anyone has any really fun retail oh, or customer yes. service, like, please, you don't even have to comment on the Instagram post because if you don't want it to be linked back to you because you want it anonymously, send it to us in our DMs because... I don't know about you, Perry, but these are my favorite things They're to read. Of like favorites. just favorites. Oh my god! And we will we'll read them. A... I will. I will make time. Any topic we have, I will make time for your story. We can about even, this. You know what? We could probably make it a bonus episode if we wanted. Literally have fun customer service or yes. retail. Everyone, so... send your stories in. I want to read all of them, and I want everyone to hear them. I guess I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's still listening. Oh, we had our first review. We Somebody did. reviewed us. Shannon, can you talk about that? Because I don't have Apple Music, oh. but you do. Okay. Let Which, me pull oh, it up. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, whoever reviewed us, you kind angel. Yeah, so this is actually probably more towards Perry, but hey, <laughs> once in a blue moon, I like to check them, and I was shocked when I saw we actually had our second rating. So whoever did this, kudos to you. Thank you. Um, so literally the, the, the subject line was, I'm a Perry. Which, let's take a minute, I don't know what that means, and also I'm sorry? So, I hope no one minds, I'm just gonna read it out saying, um, if you're looking for a comic relief and advice on, on mill spouse life, you come to the right place. From how to study and ju- uh, juggle a move to how to just knowing someone else sur- survive this life, these ladies cover it, uh, cover it all. Love these two and learning stuff, and I'm learning stuff all the time. So whoever wrote this, because I don't recognize the username, but I'm not going to say it. You can always check if you got Apple. Um, You made my night when I saw it, and I'm pretty sure you probably made Perry's morning. So anyone else who (laughs) has been on the fence of of reviewing, it means actually a lot. It actually helps the algorithm for our podcast to be a little bit higher than others. And also... I'm just going to apologize right now. This podcast episode is going to run long. I already yeah, saw the time of recording. It's going to be a long it's, boy. She's going to be but a long one today. I am not cutting out retail stories. And I am not cutting out the excitement of our first rating. It's not going to happen. Also, if you're going to leave a comment that says, I'm a parent, I'm a Shannon, can you say why? Because nope, I'm not. Nope. I'm losing sleep over it. No, no, no. <laughs> keep that Keep that open. Let, let her ponder. Oh. Oh, let no. Perry okay. ponder, torture her okay. for a little bit. Okay. So, well, all right, y'all. This has been fun. Thank you, guys. This has been so much fun. PCSing's not fun, but this is fun. Um, yeah, we can't wait to hear from you, and we got some exciting stuff coming up soon. So, um, we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please like and leave a review below on the episode. Follow us on Instagram at PS We Have Orders Podcast. This is a great place to leave comments and any ideas for future episodes. We would love your feedback as well. Thank you again for listening. We look forward to seeing everybody in their comment section on Instagram. Thank you. Hi, Will. Did he try to eat you? No, he just like, he like barked as he ran down the stairs. Oh. Thank you. This is nothing into my diet, but I'm excited. I did. Did you get a sandwich or fries or just a sandwich? Sandwich or fries. Oh my god, he's trying to make me fat. We're gonna cut all this out. I'm gonna feed you.
Yeah, we had brisket. You had brisket and you got Wendy's? I just got some nugs. That's not like real Wendy's. You got Wendy's. Oh my god, I'm so envious. My mouth is watering. I have not had Wendy's in so long.